Welcome to St. Andrew. I'm Mark Rico, pastor here, and on behalf of Associate Pastor Nick Gonzalez and our entire staff, I give thanks that the gifts of technology enable us to cross the bridge of social distance as the coronavirus pandemic encircles the world and sweeps our nation, including closing churches across our country out of love for our neighbor. When Lent began on Ash Wednesday, I never imagined that one of the things that we'd be giving up for Lent is regular worship here at St. Andrew. And so it's an unusual fast that we are on, but like everything else, I pray that it will be a time for us to be drawn closer to our Lord and also to heighten our love and appreciation for the church family that God has brought together here at St. Andrew and throughout the body of Christ in the world. It was not an easy and frankly kind of a strange decision to close our services this weekend without 24 inches of snow sitting on my driveway, but I do believe that it was the caring and the careful thing to do, and I know that even though this is not the way we thought we would be meeting this weekend, I pray that it will be a blessing to you until we have a joyful reunion back in this very room and give praise to God as we journey through these very unusual days. And so with that, I welcome you to this moment of worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept us this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe have no power over me. Amen. Our first reading for this day is from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though its mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come. Behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and scatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Oh, 
Our second reading is from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 31. Familiar words for this day. Paul writes, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the Holy Gospel is written in the Gospel according to Matthew, the 16th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered him, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. For the last couple of weekends and Wednesdays here at St. Andrew, we have been working our way through a series of messages for Lent entitled Cleaning Up the Mess. And now we're asking God to do just exactly that in a very interesting kind of time and in ways that our worship planning team never imagined when we first had the idea for this series. Uh, But today I want to jump out of that series and back to the passage that you heard a moment ago from Matthew chapter 16, and it was actually read here at St. Andrew about a month ago in our worship in connection with a special celebration. The setting of it is a place called Caesarea Philippi, which is located about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus took his disciples and where Peter, formerly known as Simon, made his great confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, for which Jesus calls him blessed and gives him a new name, Peter, the Rock, so that he and those who follow him would build their lives on the rock-solid foundation of faith in Christ. The name Caesarea Philippi is actually a Roman name, and it literally means Philip's Caesar, Philip being one of the sons of King Herod the Great and the tetrarch or ruler of that particular area or region at the time, and Caesar, of course, being the Roman emperor, which made it very clever of Philip to rename that place and to give Caesar top billing and still get his own name in it as well. But I mention that to you today because before that place where Jesus and his disciples went was known as Caesarea Philippi, It was known by another name, very different name. It was a Greek name that stuck for hundreds of years. And that was the name Panius, which is evident to this very day because you can still go there and visit the grotto of Panius or the Panius Springs, which comprise the headwaters of the Jordan River. Panius was named after a Greco-Roman god by the name of Pan. It was kind of a half-human, half-goat with the upper body of a man but the horns and the ears of a goat. He was a scary, deviant figure. And he was known to chase herds of animals back into the wilderness and to frighten armies of soldiers into retreat, which is why, among other things, one of his names was the God of Fear because of the way he terrorized all of creation. The name Pan is where we get the word panic and also the word pandemic, which is a disease that sweeps the world and it creates fear in the hearts of people. And that is precisely where Jesus goes. It's to a place like that that he takes his followers who would bear his name so that people who hated Caesar and were afraid of Pan would see him as the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God, who casts out fear, who makes all things new. So that those who bear his name in uncertain times in every generation could also be blessed and build their lives on the rock-solid foundation of faith in the midst of all things. 
Psalm 46, which you also heard a few moments ago, says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He didn't say there would be no trouble. He said, I'll be with you. I'll be your strength in the midst of your trouble. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, in this world, you have anguish. You have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And you and I get to live that way. On a day like today, in a moment like this, in this unusual season in which we find ourselves, and we also get to witness to that world, to the one who comes into places of panic and even pandemic to show us that he's not high above or far away, but he's faithfully present and he's with us in all things. We love you. We miss you. Our prayers are with you. May God keep you in his care and bless us while we are apart from each other until we celebrate once again and rejoice in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world here at St. Andrew. Amen. We join our hearts and minds in prayer for the church, for the world, and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, in the midst of fear and doubt, chaos and confusion, give us confidence to trust in you, and by our faith in you, help us to remember your loving presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, you are the healer of the broken and the giver of peace. You bring people of all nations together and gather them in your name. Continue to work in the lives of your people and fill us with your spirit that we may trust in you always. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we ask for your guidance in our response to the coronavirus pandemic. We pray that you would heal those infected. We ask for your protection for ourselves and all medical personnel and healing for those who are afflicted. And we implore you to impart your knowledge, wisdom, and discernment to scientists and those conducting research. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant us a vision of your loving power among us and bring relief and peace to the injured and ill to those who are healing and recovering, and those for whom death is near, that they may be kept always in the love of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you are the creator of all things. We give you thanks for your son Jesus, our redeemer and savior, and pray that you would continue to make your presence known in our lives. Strengthen our faith in you and help us to love and serve our neighbor in the days ahead. For to you alone be all glory, honor, worship, and praise. As into your hands we commend all of our prayers, trusting in you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now as your daughters and sons we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Martin Rinkert was a Lutheran pastor who lived in the late 1630s and ministered in the midst of a great plague that affected his city and left him as the only practicing pastor in the entire town. It was a time of great suffering and unimaginable hardship. And yet in the midst of it, Pastor Martin Rinkert wrote a hymn that we sing to this very day. Its title, incredibly, is Now Thank We All Our God. With hearts and hands and voices, who wondrous things has done in whom his world rejoices. Who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us. And keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all harm in this world and the next. All praise and thanks to God, the Father now be given, the Son in him who reigns with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God, whom earth and heaven adore. For thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. And with that, Ruth Heilman, our Minister of Music, leaves you with Martin Rinkert's hymn, Now Thank We All Our God.